from most people, whether it's a child or an adult, is when you listen to someone, almost immediately you kind of see a difference in their attitude. When they see you care, they almost immediately change and relax and let their guard down a little bit and they start to say, you know, maybe I can do something different or maybe it there is another way. So it's different for different people, but almost immediately when you show some positive energy to a person and you show that you care and you listen to a person, mm-hmm. you can see it change almost instantly. guys and we are back with another episode of the future starts here podcast with say yes buffalo and today i am excited because we get to sit down and talk to one of our community partners mvp so how are you guys doing today fabulous just fabulous thank you so much it's an honor to be here and i'm excited tell us who you are i'm doing well thanks for having me as well tell us who you are mom uh, my name's Mia Ayers-Goss, and I'm the executive director of MVP, which stands for Most Valuable Parents of Buffalo, New York, which uh, Neil Dobbins founded in 2018. I'm Raphael uh, at Raphael Podcasts, and I'm Mia's son. The director of Most Valuable Parents is my parent, one of my parents. So <laughs> that's part of why I'm here. Okay, so tell us about MVP or the Most Valuable Parents. Tell us about some of the work that you guys are doing in the community or about your mission. Okay. Well, uh, initially, Neil had a vision to um, gather a 1,000 parents. He said he just wanted to get a 1,000 parents together and just help them become more accountable. You know, he said that it starts with us. It was the violence in the neighborhoods that – started it. He was watching a television show. Well, he's watching the news and the program about the grandmother and grandchild on Grape Street that had uh, been murdered by a drive-by at a family function. Um, Mm -hmm. It really got to him. And uh, he was with his wife. He looked at his wife. He said, I'm going to put a Facebook post out and I'm just going to see if we can just do this together. You know, he put it out and he was surprised to see it was standing room only uh, when he had the meeting. And, um, so that's how it started. Uh, he just started having uh, community engagement meetings every week. So he would invite people like the district attorney, the mayor, the school board, and just ask them questions, let the community ask them questions, and just try to come up with ideas on how we could get to this violence. And one thing Neil really wanted to do was to uh, work against legislation, to gun legislation. He wanted to work with... Um, to stop the illegal gun trafficking, um, the supplier side of things. Because a lot of times when people think about violence, they say, oh, we got to just lock them all up. And, you know, but he wanted to come from another point of view as far as let's deal with getting the guns out of our community, for one. And then let's deal with the parents so that we can help the whole household. So some of the work that uh, we do now is we work with Buffalo Public Schools. Um, 
We are working with the families of students that have been suspended chronically or that have um, any type of issues, really. Um, But the school will assign us a certain amount of families, and then we reach out to that family, and we're there for that family to help them come up with an action plan, to find resources, uh, whatever their issues are. We try to go out in the community and find whatever resources they need, um, call them just to check on them, just yeah. to be a friend, be a support, be a peer. Um, and we are working with Community Health Worker Network, Jessica Bauer Walker's uh, organization, Connect. We work with Erie County Restorative Justice Coalition a lot. Um, so we're just here to support the community, but mainly the parents and the family unit. That's really some great work that you guys are doing. Um, I was really happy to hear you guys say the piece about getting involved in Buffalo Public Schools. I think that you guys are filling in that missing puzzle piece that maybe some of the school's admin or higher-ups don't really have an understanding of. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if you're familiar. Um, I can't remember who the author is, but the um, poem that I don't have a pencil. Mm -hmm. Have you heard that poem? No, I don't think so. Um, I can't really remember it word for word, but it mm-hmm. just talks about um, the backstory about not having a pencil mm-hmm. or like about a child coming late to school. It's like the teachers see that the child is late to school, but why are they late to school? Oh, girl, yeah. You don't understand it. So it's like definitely that missing piece of, you know, when people, when students are suspended chronically, what are they doing when they're suspended? You guys are sending them back home to what? You, you have it. to understand that. So I think that's definitely important. It just goes into, I guess, for me, I'm not a parent, mm-hmm. but for someone like myself or people that are in my age range, mm-hmm. what can we do to also help with you guys' mission? Well, one thing that you guys can do, we just we need more volunteers. We need more support. So whether you're a parent or not, you know what it's like. This is something my daughter always tells me. Um, I have a daughter that's I have a daughter that's a parent, and then I have a daughter that's not a parent. Mm-hmm. But my daughter that's not a parent always says, "I don't have any children, but I know what it's like to be parented, and I know what it's like to be a child. So mm-hmm. I know, you know, I can help from that perspective. Um, but just being boots on the ground, you know, mm-hmm. we we need more volunteers. Absolutely. For example, we're having a Neil Dobbins inner city basketball league that we're getting ready to start. Um, and we need coaches for the league. So some people in your age range might want to come and coach the, the young people. We're going to need facilitators. And the reason we need facilitators, because um, not only are we going to uh, host basketball games, but the participants have to uh, go to a life skills workshop mm-hmm. and they have to go to a restorative circle before they are eligible to play in the game. So, you know, people your age can help as far as that goes. Just we have a parent to parent class that we have um, in Buffalo Public Schools. Mm-hmm. Having your voice at the table is very important. Mm-hmm. We we invite the parents to come. We We serve them dinner. We use seven habits of highly effective people to foster the dialogue. We use the 40 developmental assets uh, when parents ask for help to foster the dialogue. But we have really serious conversations about raising uh, adolescents. And Mm -hmm. we hear from the adolescents sometimes. We have like 16, 17, 18-year-olds. And then sometimes we have 60, 70-year-old grandparents that are raising uh, youth. So... Mm -hmm. Just having you guys at the table, being a support system helps. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times people think 
Like you said, I'm not a parent. I can't help. Or sometimes people don't think they have enough time. Yeah. You can volunteer. If you were to, if I had 50 people volunteer for two hours a month, mm-hmm. two hours a month, that doesn't seem like a lot of time, right? No, it doesn't. But when you add it all together, it is a lot of time, and it can do so many wonderful things. You can change the course and the direction of someone's life through one conversation. It would be ama- You just would be amazed at how much you could do for a young person just sitting there mm-hmm. having a conversation with them. My son and another MVP member went with me to take uh, two young men out to bo- to go bowling. Mm-hmm. Um, and the they were 16, I believe. They had stole a car, mm-hmm. got in trouble, and through Erie County Restorative Justice Coalition, they went through a program where if they follow all the things that the program says, then they can stay out of jail. So we was a part of the circle. And then we stayed with them afterwards to provide support. So long story short, the young man had, one young man said he had never been bowling. Mm-hmm. And he's 16 years old. And he had just wow. never had that type of uh, event. Mm-hmm. And the other young man said he hadn't been bowling since he was eight. Um, so the week before, or two weeks before that, we took him out to lunch. And the one young man said, oh, I haven't been out to eat in years. Mm-hmm. So just experiences like that. It helps them, you know, it helps their self-esteem. So those are things that you got big brother, big sister, you mm-hmm. know. You don't have to explicitly, uh, specifically be a part of a big brother, big sister program to provide that type of support. Mm-hmm. So those are some things that your age, anyone, doesn't matter what age you are, you can definitely be support. Okay. Now you mentioned um, the two young men that you took out to eat and took to bowling. Talk about the transition period for them. Like, what does that look like? Especially just being from one environment and then going into another one. What does that look like for them? It looks different for different people. Um, It can take a long time for someone to change the way they think, the way they feel, to come out of their shell or to just believe in themselves. Um, We've been working with these young men for a few months. Um, You can tell that they didn't, they weren't like bad kids. Mm -hmm. They stole the car because it was convenient. It wasn't like they woke up that morning and said, I'm going to go out and steal a car. It was just, they were walking down the street, the car happened to be there, they were cold, wanted to get from one place to another. But then we have other situations where we're dealing with youth that um, are that have been hurt, harmed. So their anger, their hurt is a lot deeper. So it might take that person a little bit longer to get their, I would say, life, quote unquote, back on path as opposed to these young men that we are working with. Um, so the transition part to answer your story, I mean, you answer your question, it takes time, yeah. different amounts of time. However, what I see right away mm. from most people, whether it's a child or an adult, is when you listen to someone, almost immediately you kind of see a difference in their attitude. When they see you care, they almost immediately change and relax and let their guard down a little bit and they start to say you know maybe I can do something different or maybe it there is another way so 
It's different for different people, but almost immediately when you show some positive energy to a person and you show that you care and you listen to a person, Mm -hmm. you can see it change almost instantly. Great work that you guys are doing. It's kind of Thank along you. the lines of mentorship. I would say a lot. Like, and I have a mentor, and I am a mentor, so I know like it means the world to those young people that you guys are touching. Thank you. Um, so, we're gonna segue into a different part. Um, so, uh, you guys focus a lot on autism awareness. Well, not a lot. We're getting into it. Okay. This is new for us. Okay, so this is new for you guys. Yes, yes. So, so talk about that approach. Okay, so um, we are a part of what's called the Parent Congress mm-hmm. in Buffalo Public Schools. And there are multiple groups in the Parent Congress. Mm-hmm. One of the groups um, is CPAC, and um, one of the members to CPAC uh, is, uh, his name is Ed Spidell, mm-hmm. and he's a huge advocate for children in general, but especially children with autism or special needs. Um, so I had worked with him on a workshop for autism awareness. Um, he just, it, it wasn't, I don't want to, I don't want to say it was intentional, but it was mm-hmm. intentional, mm-hmm. but it just kind of happened. He just said, Oh, I need some help. So I was like, okay, I'll help you. Not really giving a whole lot of thought to it. Just somebody asked for help. But then after that, uh, my son had, um, come across some people who had, uh, yeah, I have two friends children yeah. that, uh, both of them uh, individually have autistic sons, four year olds. Mm-hmm. They both were, they mentioned to me, and I seen one post on Facebook how difficult um, her life was becoming or has been really trying to take care of an autistic child on Mm -hmm. her own and just kind of calling for help and expressing that she needed support. So then I reached out to my mother and uh, uh, brought these two young ladies to her attention, and she uh, mentioned Ed and connected us with Ed. Mm Mm-hmm. And we have, um, I have two cousins that have autistic children as well. Mm -hmm. So it just made me think, you know, we need to do more Mm -hmm. because we are dealing with all parents. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what the situation is. It's our duty to try to find some type of solution. So I saw that it was a need. Mm -hmm. So we just want to try to help. I mean, we can't. Obviously, we can't do everything to everyone, but if we can try to bring some more awareness to this and allow more people to understand, there are some resources out there. And and I feel so bad when I see that there's a lot of resources over here and there's a lot of need here, but they're Mm -hmm. not meeting. They're not. Yeah, so we just need to bring more awareness so that they can meet because Mm -hmm. there is help. And these young women need that help. Mm-hmm. So that's why we want to start bringing a little bit more awareness. And really, that's that's been my role more recently with MVP is realizing that my mother and MVP has all of these resources for parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of just use my pl- platform as a podcaster and my skill set to, to, to amplify and be that voice and uh, create the awareness um, for the people that need these resources. Mm-hmm to be able to connect with MVP. Mm-hmm. So while we're on the topic of just different resources, like you said, there's resources over here, and there's resources over here, but like they, it's a disconnect. Connect, yes. So in a recent news report um, I read, it stated that uh, black and Hispanic children are being diagnosed more than white children. Why do you guys think that is? 
Well, I don't know specifically why, but um, I mean, whenever you're in a situation where you have uh, less money, less resources, you know, you you are targeted for certain things, and sometimes it's because people don't want to deal with it. They don't want to get to the root cause, so they you know their child is hyper, so automatically you have ADHD or whatever. But then there are system, uh, situations where the child really does have uh, different uh, diagnoses or illnesses because of you know maybe not eating properly, maybe the mother didn't have proper care while she was pregnant. Um, you know, usually when you are in a situation of poverty, mm-hmm. you're more susceptible to have more illness, illnesses because you don't have, you know, the right diet, the right uh, environment, the right support. All those things play a part, I, I believe, personally. How do you believe? No, I, I agree. And I think that, and I don't, I'm not too uh, knowledgeable on autism and what causes it or even, I don't know if it's supposed to be a natural thing or what but immediately when you asked the question my thought went to the diet and access Mm -hmm. to to what what the access to food healthy food and what these children what these kids are consuming Mm -hmm. or what the parents were consuming all through the pregnancy Mm -hmm. so for me I always go to diet what are you eating okay and as far as diet goes I also um with when it comes to that, I will also think about, so what does the family look like? What does the income look like? Because it all plays a part in the dieting as Absolutely. well. So it's just like what can they provide for themselves and for their children? Because um, healthy food is expensive. <laughs> it's extremely expensive. I found myself trying to diet or find my ways find ways to eat healthier, and it's, it's been eating my pockets up. <laughs> but then it kind of, that comes with education as well because I – even though I was raised in a very uh, nutritious environment, my parents were vegetarian, um, I did have that mindset at one time as well. I used to think that it, it's very expensive to eat right. Um, however, it, you can eat right on a budget. You might not be able to buy the fancy things. If you go to the health food store and you want to get all the meat substitutes and things like that, then yes, it, it can be very expensive. And if you buy healthy uh, toothpaste and things like that, it seems to be a little bit more expensive than the other thing. But my uh, father used to say, you're going to pay now or you're going to pay later. Mm-hmm. That's what he used to <laughs> tell me. So, you know, you got to either weigh it out. And then you think if you eat, if you were to eat all vegetables, and grains and beans, that wouldn't be expensive, but it's expensive when we get into a lot of the substitutes and things like that. So it's a way to do it, but you just got to learn if you have the right uh, person to show you how to shop, things mm-hmm. like that. And that brings me to a program that we are developing. It's called 10 Steps to Independence. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first step is loving yourself, knowing yourself, because I feel that uh, a lot of times we're taught in our environment and in our area community you don't look right you don't talk Mm -hmm. right you don't walk right you don't think right so if you don't do anything right how are you going to feel good about yourself you know so a lot of times our youth they don't have a lot of self-confidence they don't have a lot of self-esteem or self-love so that was the first step that I wanted to tackle when helping our youth is you got to love yourself you know you got to know who you are and you have to value who you are and love yourself. Um, some of the other steps would be uh, health 
health and wellness, you know, learning basic health and wellness skills, Mm -hmm. learning basic cleaning and cooking skills, learning basic communication skills. If you don't know how to communicate, you don't know how to listen to someone, um, you know, listen to understand, not to be understood, things like that. You have to have good communication with your husband, with your wife, with your sister, with your brother, with your teacher, with your employer. Mm -hmm. Communication is key in life. But a lot of times we don't know how to communicate. We don't know how to listen. We don't know how to um, do that. Um, So another step would be um, learning how to fill out an application for a car, for a house, learning how to, you know, interview for a job. So the basic 10 steps, once you've completed them, you will be more prepared and have a stronger foundation to go to college or go get a job or, you know, just to go out into the world. Um, One of the steps is um, gaining financial health, you know, learning financial literacy, knowing the difference between good credit, bad credit, interest rates, all that kind of stuff, how to budget, how to have a bank account, what Mm -hmm. you should and shouldn't do. We're not learning these. Our children are not learning these things in school. (laughs) And a lot of times parents don't either have the time or they don't have the knowledge Mm -hmm. to teach their children these things. So if we have a program where we can offer that, I think that it would uh, help out a lot with the violence. Because Mm -hmm. if I have tools Mm -hmm. to make myself better and I love myself and I respect myself, I'm going to be a lot less likely to pick up a gun and shoot somebody because Mm -hmm. I have a purpose in life. Mm -hmm. But if I don't really think I'm going to be able to have that car I want or have that house I want, if I don't really have any respect for myself, then I'm going to be more likely to want to pick up that knife or that gun or get into a gang. So this is our way of fighting violence is by helping to build better foundations for the youth and working with the parents to help them have more tools so that they can work with the, their students. Basically just helping that family unit because if you have that you know, within your home, mm-hmm then you don't take all that negativity out into the world, mm-hmm. you know. Now, would that program be just for the youth or for parents Well, as right well? now, so that pro- the 10 Steps to Independence is targeting uh, 13 to 25-year-olds. That's oh, what just we're... just meeting the mark. <laughs> that's what we're targeting <laughs> for that program. And we're, you know, ho- our goal is to start with Buffalo Public Schools and then for it to be uh, for people getting out of rehab, court-mandated programs, things like that. That's in the future. But right now we're looking to work in Buffalo Public Schools with the 10 Steps to Independence program. So those are the kind of things we're doing. Another initiative that we're working on is called Bridging the Gap. Mm -hmm. Uh, We just had a meeting uh, last month, and we're going to have another meeting at the end of September. But basically we reached out to different community leaders, different religious leaders, um, a few people in law enforcement, uh, education, the medical field, just different folks that have influence in community and try to pull them together and say, we need to pull our resources together, we need to talk together, we need to communicate, we need to come up with a strategy on how we can work together more cohesively and with more synergy because we're working a lot in silos right mm-hmm. now. A lot of times people are, you know, you got this person over there doing something, this person over there doing something. Mm-hmm. Well, if we come together, we might have a little bit more of an effect yeah. and be able to reach more people. So we want to regularly meet with these uh, leaders so that they can take the information back out to their communities. And mm-hmm. hopefully we can do more together. 
Okay, I think those are two great and amazing initiatives, especially the first one that you mentioned. Like I said, I just meet the mark. I turned 25 <laughs> in January, so yeah, you got to yeah. talk. That's <laughs> right, because but I could use your help. You know, I'm yeah. actually learning those like fundamentals, like right now, because I didn't learn them as a teenager. So, like, um, you know, learning self love. Financial literacy part, yeah, um, absolutely. Cooking, like things of that nature. Now I live on my own and things like that. Stuff that I wish I would have learned as a teenager that yes. I wouldn't be dealing with now. But I'm happy that I'm getting it yeah, right at now point, at, yeah. at, at this point, so that you know, ten years from now, I won't have to go back and be like regretting on you know what I didn't do at this moment. Absolutely. And then as far as uh, bridging the gap, like that's just it is important. We are working in a lot of silos, um, and I just see it a lot, even just online when you see. All these events is happening. It's the same event that's happening just in different ways, ran by different people. So if, like, everybody could just come together yeah. and have one big event. Yeah, it would be much more effective. It would be way much more it's, effective. It would be so much more effective. I, I would like for us to have a community calendar, you know, because people, they're not thinking. They're doing things on the same day. So you're pulling from the same group of people. So mm -hmm. you have people going over there, and they, they want to make all these different events where if maybe we had a community website or a community calendar and we could get some of these things. I mean, you're not going to get everything. Mm -hmm. But if we could get some of the main events done, it, it would just be very helpful. So hopefully we'll, we'll see what happens. But going back to the 10-step program, um, I'm still, I'm twice your age and I'm still learning things in my life. <laughs> so I know how important it is. And, and mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that I know that I didn't give to my children that mm -hmm. I wish that I have had given to my children. So that's why I think MVP is so important because we are parents. We mm -hmm. know what you're going through because we either are going through it ourselves or have been there. So that's why we relate so well with the parents because we are. The, it's a difference in me going to a, a parent of a Buffalo Public Schools student and talking to that parent and then going to the school and talking to the counselor, the attendance mm -hmm. person or whatever, because I can see it from both sides. Yeah. And I can let that teacher know, did you know that this person's brother passed away or did you know that? I had a, an instance with a young man, like you had, you were explaining the program, uh, uh, the situation a few minutes ago about not knowing the reason why. Mm -hmm. He was late for school consistently. He got suspended. The reason he was late was because his sister had a baby and he was taking, well, a toddler, and he was taking a toddler to daycare every day before he went to school, mm -hmm. and that was making him late. So if he would have communicated that or if they would have asked or whatever, maybe someone could have helped with someone else to do that or found some other daycare or something. Mm -hmm. But because that communication wasn't there, the teacher and the principal, they didn't know. They're just thinking he's yeah. just, but see, that's, we have to do more digging. Like you said, we have to get to these root causes because if we just keep suspending them they're every time they're suspended, they're losing education. They're losing mm -hmm. that time that, they don't usually get back. Exactly. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, we can just continue this program and grow and grow and grow because having us there, we can try to bridge that gap and try to bring them together and we can let the parent, you know, try to work with the parent a little bit more and let them know, hey, we need you to be a little more involved. We need mm -hmm. you to come to the parent teacher meetings. We need you to understand that Johnny hasn't done his homework in three days, you know, and he's behind. We need your help with that. And Johnny's been coming to school cussing the teacher out, you know. we, I can talk to you about that. 
And then we need to go to the school and let the teacher know, well, you know, they're dealing with they have a rodent issue right now Mm -hmm. and they don't or they don't have any place to stay or, you know, the father just died. I mean, we can let each other know what's going on in a way that it typically hasn't been happening. Mm -hmm. So I'm proud of the program. It's, It's a difficult thing to do, but I'm really proud of that program and I hope that we can continue it. Yeah, so. I have a question for you. Oh, you have a question for me. Here's oh, a quick goodness. one. <laughs> you mentioned where where you are currently on your journey, mm-hmm. and my mother mentioned that uh, with MVP we use uh, Seven ha- Habits of Highly Effective People mm-hmm. as a foundation for um, kind of changing people's lives. Mm-hmm. But for where you are on your journey currently, I'm I'm really into books. Personally, mm-hmm. I always ask people what they're reading. Is there a book that, that you can share or a book title, an author that you can share with us that was really influence, influential or formative for you on your journey um, to get you where you currently are in your, through your process of self-awareness and self-healing and self-love? For me, well, I can't say during my journey was really a book besides the Bible. I will say that. Well, that's a book. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely so my, my spiritual journey has definitely been um, – has been big uh, in this just process, this transition, just being so young and being in a powerful position. Um, it's tough. Uh, you can't hang out with the same friends that you hang out that you hung out with before. The people I grew up with can't be in the same spaces. And I don't want to ever say that I'm better than them. I'm just grateful for where I'm at. And I know I have to be mindful of that and protect that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I have influential people in my life that um, I was able to gain knowledge from and to work under, like, people like Jamil Cruz. He's one of my great mentors. Um, shout out Jamil Cruz. Yeah, shout out Jamil Cruz. Um, <laughs> Daphne Ross, she's our chief impact officer. Daisha McClam, she's um, uh, my, my actual mentor um, that I had since I was 13. I was in a wow. profound program. Um, so many people. So many people. I don't want to, I can't not name everybody. Right, so right. everybody knows that I, I love them, though. And um, it's been it's been a journey. It really has. But making sure you have people and programs put in place. Upper Bound helped me. Gotcha. Before Upper Bound, um, I never went outside of Buffalo. Um, never. I never even knew that I really wanted to go to college until I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm out here in Atlanta on an HBCU tour. I didn't know these things um, existed, existed. Mm-hmm. Um, until you're out of your environment that you stay in every day. All I, I grew it's up on Rounds so Avenue. So All important. I knew was Rounds, Bailey, Eggert, LaSalle yes. store. So the Kensington store, that's all I knew. Walking up and down the streets, going to the Kensington pool in the summer, that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. But it's like, Shout now I live out in Kenmore. Now I, and I lived in Sweet Home before. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I didn't even know if these things existed until I put myself in different spaces where I was able to elevate. And then putting myself in those spaces allowed me to meet people that helped me elevate even more. And now it's a full circle. So now I'm giving back. And look how young you are. And yeah. you have so much already yeah. to give back. So yeah. that's a that's a wonderful thing, and I'm glad that you are giving back. Mm-hmm. And you know, feel free to come on over to MVP yes. anytime because we have lots of things for you. To get. Of course, can, can I? I want to wrap my question real quick. Okay, now I'm gonna wrap book. my questions up because you said the Bible. Yes. yes. Can you give me a favorite scripture? Ooh, that is tough. Let me think. Well, I can think well, of one <laughs> just by based on what you said about your friends. Mm-hmm. I don't know the whole scripture, but I know it has something <laughs> to do with seasons and mm-hmm. how God brings people in your life for seasons. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason for you, I'm not to say that you do feel bad, but there's mm-hmm. no reason for you to feel any type of way that 
you're in a new some people are only there for a certain time certain period and they've served their purpose and mm-hmm. now it's it's time for you to be with, with yeah i thought that, that was beautiful that you said you literally made it a point to say that you don't feel bad or mm-hmm. uh, regret regret you said you just are appreciative mm-hmm. yeah. of where you are, are now I am. And that's beautiful. I am. My favorite scripture, I have to say, I think about it, is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out onto your own understanding, and God will direct your paths. So um, that's what I have to do. That's a good one. I have to trust. I have to trust. Um, You got to. And it's hard. But, you know, I wouldn't be here without, um, you know, really just getting our relationship with God and getting closer to him. So I'm definitely grateful for that. that And that's number one. That scripture right there alone really sounds pretty much a lot about submission. Mm -hmm. Just just submitting to the will of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And And a lot of of kids, that's where they they struggle or Mm -hmm. they tend to uh, do things that... um, we could say they're 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 going wrong mm-hmm. is because they don't feel that they have a sense of purpose, mm-hmm. and then when a lot of it takes some time to discover a sense of purpose in just worshiping God, worshiping Allah. Mm-hmm. So exactly, I don't want this to turn into a service. So, but, <laughs> but yeah, yes, but definitely, definitely. What um just going to what you said, Thank especially you as a young too. as a young person, um just submitted to God, you know, you learn that like the purpose that you think you have for yourself is may not be the one that God has planned for you. Mm-hmm. So you really do have to submit and adhere to what he's saying so that you can figure out what your purpose is and go the way that God wants you to go and not the way that you think you should go. Yeah, it's a bigger purpose to serve. It is. Yeah, it is. So I'm going to end with twofold questions. Um, so, cause you guys are called most valuable parents. So, um, now nowadays we hear this confrontational argument about what makes a parent good, what makes a parent bad. So my twofold question for you guys is, what makes a parent a great parent, and then what resources do you guys have to offer to help a parent become the best parent they can be? Okay, that's a great question. Well, the resources I would say first of all, if you just come to MVP or call MVP, you can go to our website at www.joinmvp.org. You can call us at 585-JOIN-MVP. Uh, and then we will go out. And if we don't already have within our wheelhouse the resources you need, then we will research and find. So it's not always a resource that we know about we sometimes have to go and research and find Mm -hmm. it. So whatever the case may be, we might already have a list or we have a relationship with a lot of different organizations, but there might be somebody that's out there that we have to actually go and research. The point is that we're going to do what we need to do to help, to Mm -hmm. to find out some type of solution to the uh, problem or situation. Um, To me, a great parent is a parent that is willing to love their child to listen to their child, and to try their best to help their child uh, go out and be sustainable on their own, like to give them all the necessary tools that they need so that they are able to make it without their parent. Um, Am I a great parent? I don't know. Um, I would never judge another person. But that's what I think physically, I mean, mentally, physically, if, if I were to be able to design a perfect parent, I would say the person that would show their child love, that would listen to their child, and that would try to 
instill into their child as much as they can so their child is able to stand on their own. And be positive, too. Be positive. (laughs) That's a great answer. And uh, I want to, before I answer your question, I just want to give my my children a shout-out real quick. (laughs) I I, I really want to give my son, my youngest son, Ransom, a shout out today. Today's his first birthday. Well, happy birthday, Ransom. Happy right. birthday, <laughs> Randy Pooh. Ransom, Ease, Suarez. But um, what makes a great parent? Uh, I think that uh, a measure, which is, is kind of tough to measure, but I think your children would be able to measure it in some way mm-hmm. internally is how well you were able to serve your your children. And, yeah. And and your legacy and how how well you're able to teach them to be of service as well. If you're not able to serve your children uh, or be of service in them and and appreciate them and uplift them and support them, then I guess contrary to what I'm saying, that will kind of make you a bad parent. So I, I think that that's that's a way that I would use to gauge is how well from your children's perspective, not your own perspective, not society's perspective, but from your children's perspective, how well were you able to serve them while, while you were in their lives and while you had the opportunity to do so? What do you think makes a good parent? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, again, I'm not a parent, but uh, I do. Agree, I agree with I agree with what both of you guys said. Um, but for me, just a parent that is really willing to listen. A lot of times, um, for me, growing up, um, I was told, you know, kids should be seen and not heard. So I was told that too. <laughs> if there's a situation I where I want to talk and I want to say something, they don't want to hear it. Even if it's with school, it's like you and like mom. No, the, the teacher did this. No, I don't care. You got. I gotta call home while I was at work. I, that's all I care about. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you know, I I was blessed with with two parents in my household. Um, but g- growing up, you know, it's always that. Uh, you know, they have the stereotype of the black mothers. You know, where they you hear certain things and certain quotes. Or mm-hmm. um, I really can't. I'm not gonna get yeah, into all of them. <laughs> but um, really, just being able to stand on my own feet and um, knowing that they instill some things and instill strength definitely mm-hmm. um, in me to just keep going and um, then finding my voice and using my voice has has been something that I learned from my parents. And also just being your child's biggest, num- like your biggest supporter and number one fan, and my parents are. So. Yeah. What's something that you're looking forward to doing differently from how they parented you based on? <laughs> <laughs> you are- oh, my goodness, Ruffy, you're trying to take over. But it's okay. Um, I would say something that I'm trying to um, do differently is definitely um, sitting together at the table uh, for one. dinner. That yeah, is one of my biggest big things. For, uh, my um, I want to cook Sunday dinners and sit at the table with my family and take family trips. Uh, again, like my family, my parents aren't travelers. At that all. would be the same thing for my children because we so didn't traveling. sit at the table a lot either. No, we yeah. all sat in front of our own individual televisions. Yeah, no. <laughs> I want to sit at the table. I want to say grace yeah. and I want to eat over the food and t- have conversations. Yeah. When I work with the girls that I mentor um, or even if I just work with some young ladies that I don't mentor and I see them on their phone, I take it like, go introduce yourself. What do you want to be? 
what are your um like what do you enjoy doing yeah. like get off your phone get off a tiktok like have a conversation or if i take them out to dinner give me your phone we turn yeah. it off because <laughs> yeah. you know typically like we just we're just so wrapped up in our own lives for majority of the days or we sit down during that dinner time is like where you have your your family time and oftentimes yeah. i didn't get that i would just go sit in front of a tv and everybody would go their own ways yeah, that's you know our house then it comes to a point where it's like i didn't know you were doing this like I've been saying this for weeks, Mom. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I definitely think that's what I'm going to do differently. Sit at a table and travel more. That's beautiful. Yep. Yes. Sounds good. Yes. So it has been great talking to you guys, but I know this is all that we have time for. But right, it has you. truly been amazing talking to you, Mia. I don't want to call you Mia, but you're my friend's mom. So you can Miss call me Mia. Mia. No, you know, Mia, Mia is fine. They call her Mama Mia in the streets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, most people call me Mama Mia. Mama Mia. So that's fine. But, yes. no, I really appreciate you, you guys having us. And hopefully we can come back with the autism awareness. Yes. Yes, thank you. It was great talking to you too as well. Yeah, thank thanks you for so having much. Yes, thank you, thank you and I would definitely us. be interested in you know facilitating okay. this so we can talk awesome. afterwards. And right, if yes. anybody else is interested in facilitating or being a coach, you know, please reach out to Mama Mia. Um, <laughs> you can say your information again for me so that okay. they can hear it one more time. It is joinmvp.org, or you can call us at 585-JOIN-MVP. All right. And then make sure you follow Say As Buffalo on Facebook and Instagram at just Say As Buffalo or visit our website at sayasbuffalo.org. And until next time. Bye.